Okay, everybody, it is 1.50 p.m. in the afternoon. I'm here at Esker Point Beach in Noank, Connecticut, out here on Thursday before the 5K on Saturday to do a little recon. It's recce time. Welcome to the Duathlon Show. On this episode... Tour de Noank 5K Race Report. I'm standing here stretching on a patio at the top of the beach. We're looking at a little protected harbor. I can stare across the cove to see a bunch of uh, 60-foot sailing boats moored here in the harbor. And this is where the race is gonna start from Saturday, Esker Point Beach. It's a beautiful day out here, 71 degrees and sunny. A little bit of a haze, but I can't smell any of the awful smoke and see the super visible haze, which was in New York, which we escaped yesterday. New York was just choked out with the smoke from these Canadian wildfires, which is blowing south all across the states. Okay, we are about 1.08 miles. That's probably 1.75 kilometers into my recon run for the Tour de Noank 5K coming up this Saturday. As I said, we're about a mile in and I've paused to take some photos of the beautiful vista. I'm coming down a little rise towards the harbor. You can see the harbor here, more boats moored out in the water. It's beautiful. So just pausing here. This is going to be gorgeous on Saturday coming down this road towards the water after one mile in. It's definitely going to be a highlight of the 5k, but there's more to go. So let's keep running. Okay, checking in on the recon again. We are about 2.0 something miles in. That's around three and a half kilometers into this 5K recon. I'm standing in front of a beautiful big lilac bush with that beautiful light purple color in bloom at the corner of Elm and Brook. I stopped here because we are at the bottom of what I'm calling Mount Brook. Mount Brook is the most difficult part of this course. Since I'm doing the recon, and since even before the recon, I found the route map on Strava. With all the elevation, I know exactly what I'm going to be dealing with on Saturday for this 5K. This is a tough little hill here. I'm calling it Mount Brook. We are right here on the, on the sound here, on the Long Island Sound. So not real mountains. I'm standing literally right next to the water, but we are gonna do about 100 feet of climbing here as soon as I start to ascend Mount Brook. I'm hoping that, well, if I'm running with anybody, if I'm racing anybody, as opposed to just racing my own best time, if I'm racing anybody and my legs are feeling good on Saturday, might try to give it a kick here, leave them in the dust on this toughest part of the course and see if I can hold a lead till the end or at least hold a lead over them. Let's see. Okay, just completed Mount Brook. That was about 0.4 of a mile up to the top of this hill. And then a short little drop down to the end of Brook Street where you take a left onto Groton Long Point Road. 
Oh man, I just know there's going to be some runners on Saturday who have not looked at the profile and who will absolutely be destroyed by that hill. I had to slow myself down, even though I'm just going on a light little training shakeout run a couple of days before the actual race. I had to slow myself down because I felt my heart rate going up. So yeah, I'm hoping that's going to hurt everybody else a little bit more than it hurts me. And oh look, I ran into a little honeysuckle bush here on the side of the road. I'm going to have a little taste of honeysuckle and then move on. All right, 5K recon is done and dusted. I'm back here at the beach parking lot where I started out. Did that recon in 22 minutes, 26 seconds, not including the couple pauses there for stopping to record voice notes. Um... It's a beautiful 5K course. This town, Noank, Connecticut, is gorgeous little seaside town. Multiple water views. One gigantic Mount Brook Hill that hopefully I will survive. And hopefully the competition will suffer on. Um, but I'm glad I came out here and did it. Uh, did it about seven minutes per mile pace just easy peasy for me my goal will be to get six minutes per mile pace on race day or less if i did six minutes exactly i would set a new personal best on 5k of 18 minutes and 38 seconds so we'll see the how that goes for now i'm gonna take a much deserved dip in the ocean all right Saturday morning, we have arrived at the race parking lot. It is 9, 10 a.m. Elisha, how are you feeling? Cold. Cold. <laughs> Pretty good. No power at the house this morning when we woke up. That was a fun surprise. <laughs> so no hot sausages or eggs to be cooked. Good thing there were hard-boiled eggs prepared in advance. And I had a non-toasted bagel. So it is what it is. We made it. We are hydrated, ready to go. Let's do it. Go Lucian! Go Leo! Let's go! Let's go Leo! Woohoo! And across the line! Anticipating Elisha crossing the line. She's coming down and turn the finish shoot. Go Elisha! Spread, spread. All right, we have finished it. The Tour de Noank 5K. Elisha, how'd it go? It was hard. It was hard. Elisha ended up 80th overall. I ended up one step off the podium in fourth. Oh, well, wasn't close to number three, so that's okay. Lucian, how'd you do? Under 30 minutes, got a 29, what was it, 23-something? Uh, with a toddler, yes, in his stroller, 929 pace. So I was happy about that. Is this a podcast? What is this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right, everybody. This is a podcast. 
This is the Duathlon Show's first ever race report episode, and first ever episode featuring audio recorded live on scene. I hope you'll end up enjoying the format of this episode. As always, you can submit comments and thoughts, Show at gmail.com. So my goals for the Tour de Noank were a 6 minutes per mile pace. If I completed that, my time would have been 18 minutes and 38 seconds for the race, and I wanted to get an overall podium, so first, second, or third. I did not quite achieve these ambitious goals. I ended up with a time of 19 minutes and 10 seconds. That's a pace of 6 minutes and 11 seconds per mile. That's a 3 minutes and 51 seconds per kilometer pace. Here's my quick synopsis of the race. Later we'll go into full details. This was a hillier course than expected, even after my recon, where I said at the bottom of Mount Brook, I'm doing this so I'll know exactly what I have to deal with come race day. Famous last words. So I ended up going slower than I wanted to, but I cannot be disappointed because I managed my effort well. I hit a new maximum heart rate of 191 beats per minute, I didn't blow up, and I didn't make any racing decisions that lost me any places in the overall. Let's get into the race details. This course, of course, was 5 kilometers or 3.1 miles long. There were 137 finishers. The slowest finished in 50 minutes and 4 seconds, that's a pace of 16 minutes and 9 seconds per mile, and the overall winner and leading male did it in 17 minutes and 40 seconds, that's a pace of 5 minutes and 42 seconds per mile. The winning female ran the race in 22 minutes and 5 seconds, that's a pace of 7 minutes and 7 seconds per mile, she ended up 15th overall. How about the parkour? Well, you can view the course map for this race with full elevation details online. It exists as a Strava route, which you can find at strava.com slash routes slash 267373322. I will leave that link to this route and the link to my Strava profile in the show notes. Be sure to give me a follow on Strava if you want to follow along on my racing journey. The next race for me will be another 5k coming up in July of 2023. Back to the course. There were two little speed bump hills within the first couple miles. Less than 50 feet of elevation on each one. One of them in mile one, the other in mile two. I call these speed bumps because they weren't too terribly challenging, but they do slow you down a bit. You were actually slowed down a bit more by the number of corners in this course. There were 17 corners by my count a handful of which were on these initial two hills. By necessity, you slow down a bit as you round a corner on a paved road, trying to take the shortest line but avoiding the curb and avoiding storm drains or potholes that might take out your ankle. 17 corners in a race is kind of a lot. The last 5k I ran had only 5 corners. This Tour de Noank route really does take you on a tour of this beautiful little seaside town. After the first two speed bump hills are complete, you hit mile two, or 3.2 kilometers in, and you find yourself at the bottom of Mount Brook. To quote legendary romantic and overall Frenchman extraordinaire, pro cyclist Thibaut Pinot, from the recently released Tour de France Au Cool du Peloton show on Netflix, I have a real connection to the mountains. I feel small at the base and big at the summit. 
Mount Brooke has an elevation of 108 feet over 0.25 of a mile. That's an 8.2% grade. Brutal. 33 meters over 0.4 of a kilometer, by the way. So you climb this quarter mile and hit the summit of Mount Brooke, and then go on a short descent of 35 or so feet until you make the final turn of the race, left off of Brook Street onto Groton Long Point Road. This is a pretty busy two-lane road that actually functions as a state highway and leads you right back down to roughly sea level to the start-finish line. This race course was not closed to vehicles, by the way, and there were no cones or course demarcation besides at the start-finish chute. This did end up affecting proceedings, which I'll cover later. Once you've made your left turn onto this busy road, it's a fast 0.6 miles and 65 feet of gentle descending down to the line. That was the course preview. Let's go into how the race unfolded. Within the first 100 meters of the race, an initial order was established. An early leader ran quickly to the head of the race, followed by a pack trying to roughly match his pace. I was 6th, running at my own speed, glancing at the Garmin watch and trying to keep it around 6 minutes per mile. It's important even in a short running race like a 5k to not race immediately off the line. If you know how fast you can run and you have a fitness watch, really try to stick to your goal pace early on, regardless of what the other runners are doing. In this race, I watched two young guys ahead of me blow up and slow down in the first two miles. I passed them both and was up to fourth. This was well before we hit Mount Brook. The goal for most races is to do what's called a negative split. Go slower in the first half of the race than you do in the second. You get to be fully exhausted only once during a race. Better to fully exhaust yourself in the sprint across the finish line right at the end of the race than to exhaust yourself at the 2.5k mark of a 5k race. If you do that, you get to be exhausted the whole second half of the race because you came out too hot. Instead of enjoying your exhaustion with the clock stopped as you sprawl out on the grass at the end of the race, you have to enjoy your exhaustion the whole second half. Ouch. All that being said, no plan survives first contact with the enemy, or as Mike Tyson said, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Um, so I didn't even execute my pacing perfectly either. My first mile was 6 minutes and 5 seconds pace, second one was 6.16, and the third was 6.20. After I passed the two young guys who blew up before Mount Brook, I was fourth. But a short while later, I got passed by the eventual third place finisher. So at the bottom of Mount Brook, I'm back to fifth position in the race. You heard me on the Race Recon audio report misidentify a rhododendron as a lilac bush standing at the bottom of Mount Brook. Well, in addition to misidentifying the rhododendron, I also misidentified how hard this hill was going to be on race day, even though I started the parkour and ran the hill in advance. I thought after running the course once that I could hit a personal best 5k time in this course, that I could beat my previous PB of 1850. How wrong was I? On my recon run, I ran the hill in 1 minute and 53 seconds. This was a 7 minutes and 30 seconds per mile pace, and my average heart rate was 161 beats per minute. On race day, surprisingly, I did the hill only 1 second slower at 154, but my average heart rate was 187 beats per minute. 
much higher than 161. In the race, I'm running the hill in a more exhausted state than I am in the recon by this point, two miles in. I had just done a 6 minutes and 5 mile and a 6 minutes and 16 seconds mile. So at the bottom of the hill on race day, I was at 181 beats per minute, and at the top I was at 189. I was limiting my speed in order to control my heart rate as much as possible. My crazy high average heart rate of 187 beats per minute on this hill segment is actually good at this point in the race. What would be bad would be if I let that push me over the edge into blowing up territory, where your high heart rate forces you to really slow down your run. Thankfully, that didn't happen to me at all in this race. I'm really pleased how well I ended up managing my effort. Early in the ascent of Mount Brook, the sharpest test of this race, a guy who had been in third place blew up. I passed him as I was keeping my effort as steady as possible. So I'm at fourth place in the race now. I can see third place, the fellow who passed me before the hill. First and second place I thought were long gone up the road, so at this point I know I'm racing for that last podium spot. Then I got even more encouragement. Third place is slowing down to walk, halfway up Mount Brook and he's showing weakness. My heart is pounding like crazy but I haven't stopped to walk at any point. I thought to myself, we got him, let's go, let's go. But I never actually got as close to him as I needed to be. He would stop to walk for a few seconds on the hill, recover, and then start running again. He did this several times. He looked close on the hill, but that's an effect of how a hard gradient can foreshorten distances. 50 meters of separation from a competitor on a flat section of road might mean you are X number of seconds behind, but on an 8% gradient, you're actually 4X behind at the same distance. The third place competitor wasn't so close to me once we turned left onto the main road slash highway back down to the line and got on the flat slash downhill section for the last 0.7 miles or 1100 meters. Due to the lack of signage or cones or anything, third place actually crossed over to the right side of the road and started running on the paved margin on the right side. Remember that in the US we drive on the right side of the road, so this kind of makes sense in the absence of anyone telling you not to do this. There was a policeman at this left turn, but he must not have imparted his instructions well to the third place runner because he ran on the right side of the road when we were actually meant to run on the left margin. The road wasn't close to traffic, so fully crossing the road across two active lanes was clearly not the right idea in terms of runner safety. I heard the cop saying, stay on the left hand side of the road, stay on the left. So I did just slot onto the left side of the road and begin running towards traffic, but safely on the paved margin. Unlike the other guy, I did not cross over. I was watching third place ahead of me running rapidly on this wrong side of the road. He was definitely done walking now. I was not gaining on him even though I was trying to increase my pace. I didn't gain on him even as he had to make a bit of a crossover back to the left side of the road. Another policeman a little bit down the road stopped three cars in the right lane for a moment and allowed the guy to run diagonally back to the left side of the road. This surely lost him a bit of time, but it did not threaten his podium place in the end. 
He finished in third place at 18 minutes and 57 seconds. Interestingly, second place finished only four seconds ahead of him at 18.53. I hadn't really noticed second place during the second half of the race. I was only focused on third place in my tunnel vision. Anyhow, I finished the last 0.7 miles in about three minutes and 54 seconds. I sprinted the last 0.2 miles or 320 meters to the finish line and maxed out my heart rate at a new high of 191 beats per minute. Strava says that my last 0.1 miles were done at a sprint pace of 4 minutes and 23 seconds per mile. So that was how the race unfolded. I did not achieve the goals I set for myself at the beginning of the race, but I really have no regrets about the way it went down. The course was much harder than I thought it was going to be, so no personal best time of 18.38 and no overall podium because I came in fourth overall. That being said, I did win my age group of 30 to 39, and I got a medal that said age group winner. Third place was clearly stronger than I was, even though he had to walk, and he beat me by 13 seconds. So no regrets there. Fifth place behind me ended up at 19 minutes and 38 seconds, by the way, so I was not in a sprint finish with anyone other than myself. I have previously been in two sprint finishes in 5Ks in the past, both of which I actually lost. I'm also happy that my grade adjusted pace was 5.59 per mile, according to Strava. Grade adjusted pace takes into account the steepness of terrain during your runs and estimates an equivalent pace on flat land. Because running uphill requires extra work, your grade adjusted pace on ascents will be faster than your actual pace. And similarly, when running downhill, your grade adjusted pace will tend to be slower than your actual pace. I was going for 6 minutes per mile pace, so to know that my effort levels relative to the terrain were at that level is positive. Also positive is the new high heart rate of 191 that I hit just before the finish line in the final sprint. I feel like my training has prepared me to have that increased heart and lung capacity so I can dig deeper. Let me talk about the fun prizes on offer in this race. First of all, every participant got a sweet t-shirt with an awesome logo of a lobster with running shoes on and a race number pinned to his shell. I used this image as the episode cover art. Then the overall male and female winners, plus the top three male-female and each 10-year age group got to choose a prize from this prize table. I ended up going with a $25 gift card to a Mexican restaurant we've been to before that serves these really tasty tamarindo margaritas. Shout out to Manana. But the most eye-catching prizes on offer were actually the whole lobsters. This is Connecticut after all, in New England, lobster country. The lobsters weren't live, but they were raw, bagged individually, sitting out in a cooler packed with ice. Very funny prize and very fitting for the local area. If we hadn't had plans to go out for dinner later that night, I might have chosen the lobster. Maybe I should have anyway, just for the photo op. Quick shout out to the Run 169 Town Society. This is a group of runners formed by individuals who aspire to run a race in every town in the state of Connecticut. I've run four 5k races so far now in Connecticut, because that's where my girlfriend is from and we visit there often. At every race so far, I've seen people wearing these Run 169 Town shirts. 
I think their mission is so cool and they've got a super helpful website. If you visit run169towns.org and click on upcoming race listings, they've got an awesome directory of upcoming Connecticut races all plotted on a map. I'll definitely be using that as a resource in the future. And maybe I'll join one day. I've got four towns completed already. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Big thanks to my girlfriend Elisha and our friend Lucian, who both appeared on this episode. I'm team duathlon through and through, but I love a good road race as well. This Tour de Noink 5K was the most beautiful and interesting course that I've raced so far, so big thanks to the race organizers and to all the volunteers. My next race is going to be another 5K in Connecticut coming up next month. It's a flat course, and I'm going to set my goals again at a 6 minutes per mile pace and a new personal best of 18.38. I'd be happy though to beat my prior PB of 18.50. I hope to do another race recap episode on that race, so stay tuned. More duathlon content should be coming down the pike before then, so make sure to be subscribed to the show on your favorite podcast players or YouTube so you don't miss a single moment. Stay dry, everyone. You can follow The Duathlon Show on Twitter and YouTube at The Duathlon Show. Questions or comments? The Duathlon Show at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a good rating and review on the platform where you found it and tell your friends. You can support The Duathlon Show by donating at ko-fi.com slash The Duathlon Show. 